You're tuned into the Market Unclosed podcast by PPI Securities, a podcast where we give you a quick rundown on the Philippine equities market to help you trade better, live better, as we make investing a habit. Nice day. This is Rico from BPI Trade with this week's episode of the Market Unclosed. So the local index closed in the green for the second straight week and managed to close above the 6,000 level at 6,161. The index gained over 172 points or up 2.88% week-on-week. For the year, and after 211 trading days, the index is down 6.16%. The PSEI looks to test its next major resistance line which is its 50-day moving average at 6,186. The market needs to follow through above this line to establish a much wide advance with next resistance at the 6,300 to 6,330 zone. Foreigners ended as net buyers this week after registering 87 million in net inflow. This barely moves the net outflow for the year though which still stands at 51.53 billion pesos in net foreign selling. Value turnover also remained lethargic at 18.17 billion to average 3.63 billion a day. Excluding blocks, this drops to 3.1 billion pesos. Five of the six sub-indices were also in the green, which were led by the financials, property, and holding firms, which are up by 3.53%, 3.20%, and 2.63% respectively. Alone in the red column was the mining oil index, which dropped by 1.16% for the week. The broader all shares index also closed the week in the green, up by 1.65% week on week. The local currency slightly strengthened to end the week at 55 spot 96 against the US dollar. On to economic news, the Philippine economy, according to the Philippine Statistics Authority, bounced back in the third quarter after reporting that gross domestic product or GDP expanded by 5.9%. This is faster than the 4.3% recorded in the previous quarter and the 4.7% consensus estimate by analysts. The third quarter print is the fastest among major emerging economies in Asia, according to NEDA Secretary Arsenio Balisacan. The country's economic performance was driven by a recovery in government spending, which helped offset weaker household consumption, which has been battling elevated inflation. The PSA also reported that Philippine inflation snapped two straight months of acceleration to slow down to 4.9% in October. This has decelerated from the 6.1% in September and 7.7% in October of last year. The print was also significantly lower than forecast estimates at 5.7% and below the Banco Central's expected 5.1% to 5.9% band. National statistician Dennis Mapa said that the slowdown reflected easing food prices. And he also added that as long as we don't see any supply shocks, the PSA expects inflation rate to go down. 
this also coming from the PSA this week, the country's unemployment rate was at 4.5% in September, inching higher than the 4.4% rate in August. This, however, is still better than the 5% unemployment rate recorded in September of last year. This translates to 2.26 million jobless Filipinos seeking employment. Underemployment, on the other hand, fell to 10.7%, which was the lowest ever underemployment rate since the PSA updated its definition in April 2005, according to the Department of Finance. The country's trade and goods deficit in September narrowed to its lowest level in 11 months after it shrank by 27% year-on-year to $3.51 billion. The balance of trade in goods is the difference between exports and imports, which has been in the red since the $64.95 million surplus recorded in May 2015. For September, exports contracted by 6.3% to $6.73 billion, while imports had a sharper drop by 14.7% to $10.24 billion. Finance Secretary Benjamin Jokna said that the Banco Central's monetary board will likely pause at its meeting on November 16, as policy rates have reached the highest level. He added that given the decline in inflation, there's no justification for higher interest rates. The central bank announced an off-cycle rate hike last month, which brought benchmark interest rates to a 16-year high of 6.5%. On to corporate news, Ayala's power unit ASEN disclosed that it booked 6.56 billion pesos in attributable net income for the first nine months of the year, rising by almost 60% year-on-year. ASEN credited the increase to the gains from the sale of its stakes in Salak and Darahat geothermal plants in Indonesia. EBITDA rose by 21% year-on-year to 14.1 billion. Nine-month attributable renewables output, on the other hand, grew by 27% to 3,174 gigawatt-hours as ASEN continued to add new operating capacity in its global portfolio. Another renewable energy firm, Alternergy, announced that state pension fund GSIS had subscribed to 1.45 billion pesos worth of perpetual preferred shares of Alternergy. Company president Jerry Magbanwa said, that the GSIS equity infusion will significantly boost the company's equity base as part of its medium-term capital raising program after its IPO in March. Alternergy is targeting to develop up to 1,370 megawatts of renewable energy sources such as onshore and offshore wind, solar, and run-of-river hydropower. Property developer and manager Ayala Land log a 38% rise in its attributable net income for the first three quarters of the year to 18.4 billion pesos, led by a surge in the revenues of its various business lines. Consolidated revenues for the period rose by 15% to 99 billion pesos. Ayala Land President and CEO Ana Bautista D said that the strong performance of the company's various business lines is a testament to the continuing resilience of the residential market and the vibrant consumer activity despite macroeconomic challenges. She added that the company will continue to focus on high-value market opportunities and meeting operating targets to sustain their momentum for the year. Listed bakery operator Balaini Frutas 
reported that 9-month net income grew by 77% to 41.1 million pesos, while its net margin expanded to 11%. Revenues for the first three quarters of the year jumped by 65% to 387 million. The company said that it implemented price increases, broadened its supplier base, and improved the sourcing of raw materials to control costs amid the rising prices of raw materials. Balaini Frutas currently has 119 stores, with four new stores launched during the start of the fourth quarter. Razon-led Bloomberry reported that its consolidated net income for the first nine months grew by 106% to 8.3 billion pesos. Consolidated revenues for the period climbed by 33% to 36.5 billion, while EBITDA went up by 48% to 15.4 billion. Chairman and CEO Enrique Razon said that Bloomberry is looking to capitalize on its Solaire Resort North in Quezon City, which is being constructed and is set for completion by March next year. Razon expects the Solaire Resort North to strengthen their market leadership position in the Philippines and raise the regional competitiveness of the Philippine gaming industry. Listed food manufacturer Century Pacific reported that 9-month attributable net income grew by 10% year-on-year to 4.63 billion pesos as revenues rose by 7% to 50.5 billion. Century Pacific attributed the performance to a 12% growth in branded sales amid better domestic demand for consumer staples and value-for-money goods. The company also said that milk and other emerging segments outperformed while core segments sustained their growth performance. Listed internet service provider Converge ICT reported that 9-month net income grew by 4.3% year-on-year to 6.4 billion pesos, on the back of higher consolidated revenues, which grew by 7.2% to 26.2 billion. The company said that it remains optimistic on its overall growth trajectory as its residential business continues its industry-leading growth in consolidated subscriber net ads. Converge's enterprise business also poses opportunities for growth, with the expected completion of the international subsea cable systems, potential edge computing data center expansion, and potential strategic collaborations with industry leaders. Ayala-led telco firm Globe Telecom reported that its attributable net profit for the first nine months fell by 27.1% to $19.3 billion despite a 2.8% rise in consolidated revenues to 133.8 billion pesos. Revenues from services made up the bulk of the total $121 billion, up by 2.7% year-on-year. The company said that it expects growth to be driven by its shift to a tech-centric business where Globe Fintech Innovations, or Mint, is expected to fuel the telco's optimistic projection. Listed port operator ICTSI saw its attributable net income climb by over 4% in the first nine months of the year to over $484.5 million. The company noted that attributable profit dwindled because of non-recurring impairment of goodwill attributed to Pakistan International Container Terminal, or PICT, in the previous quarter, and increases in depreciation and amortization, interest on loans, lease liabilities, 
and concession rights payable. If they excluded those, net income would have expanded by 6.5%. Chairman Enrique Razon said that they continue to expect challenging macroeconomic and geopolitical environment in the future, but remain confident in the resilience of ICTSI's diverse portfolio. Power distributor Meralco reported that net income for the first nine months of the year was at 28.4 billion pesos, growing by 44% year-on-year. Company officials attributed the increase from power generation, which continues to provide significant contribution. Chairman Manuel V. Pangilinan said that given the robust performance of all their businesses, the company is likely to deliver another year of record earnings. Meralco also disclosed that its subsidiary M. Green is aiming to complete an estimated 200 billion peso investment deal with SP New Energy by the end of this year because they should be able to energize sometime in the first quarter of 2026 the first 600 megawatts. Andrew Tan's Megaworld reported a 43% rise in attributable net income for the nine-month period to 12.02 billion pesos. Gross revenues likewise increased by 14.7% to 45 billion, as real estate sales jumped by 11% to 29 billion. The company said that it is poised to exceed its year-end reservation sales target of 130 billion pesos with reservation sales in its first nine months already growing by 28% to $109.5 billion. Megaworld's REIT vehicle, on the other hand, MREIT, reported that it saw a 13% increase in its distributable income to 2.1 billion pesos as of September. The performance was attributed to income contribution of four newly acquired Grade A office towers worth 5.3 billion pesos. Aside from the new assets, which drove majority of the revenue growth, continued rental escalations of existing tenants also supported MREIT's revenue growth. MREIT said its average occupancy rate reached 95% as of end September, which is higher than Metro Manila's average of 81 to 82%. Listed mining firm Nickel Asia announced that net income for the first nine months of the year was down by 47%. 3.6 billion pesos. This is attributed to lower nickel ore prices due to the increase in Indonesian nickel ore production. Nickel Asia also registered a loss of 380 million from its combined equity interests into HPAL plants against a profit the previous year. President and CEO Martin Zamora said that they are seeing a recovery of nickel ore prices since bottoming out in the second quarter due to the recent tightening in Indonesian nickel ore supply. China's economy also continues to recover, which could fuel demand for the commodity. Listed oil firm Petron reported that nine-month consolidated net income saw a 16% year-on-year rise to $9.5 billion. Consolidated revenues for the period, on the other hand, fell by 6.9% to 587.3 billion pesos due to an oil price correction from extraordinarily elevated levels due to the Russia-Ukraine conflict. Petron President and CEO Ramon Ang said that the company is seeing consistent growth in all areas of business and that Petron's wide reach, superior product quality, and reliable service 
have allowed them to sustain their good performance throughout the year. Pangilinan-led PLDT reported that attributable net income for the first nine months slightly rose by 1.4% to 27.88 billion pesos as service revenues posted a historic high. Combined revenues for the period was at 156.36 billion pesos, higher by 2.8% year-on-year. Service revenues contributed the biggest share as it accounted for over 95% at 149.75 billion, rising 2.8% versus the same period last year. Chairman MVP said that PLDT is optimistic about ending the year with a robust performance and that he is positive the company will be able to perform well amid a tough economic environment. The Gokongwe's property arm Robinson's Land, or RLC, saw attributable earnings rise by 31% in the January to September period to 8.84 billion pesos. Consolidated revenues was at 30.21 billion, with its investment portfolio accounting for 70% of its top line share, followed by its development portfolio, which accounted for 30%. The company added that nine-month profit would have been higher by 64% if the China profit in 2022 were not factored in. San Miguel Food and Beverage reported that nine-month consolidated net income grew by 4% year-in-year to $27.5 billion on the back of stronger sales. Consolidated revenues for the period rose by 6% to over 276 billion pesos as the company continued to overcome economic challenges in the first nine months of the year. San Miguel also reported that its outlook remains positive with anticipated cost benefits from declining raw materials. Its unit, San Miguel Brewery, reported that its consolidated revenues for the first nine months of the year grew by 9.4% to 108 billion pesos. This brought consolidated net income for the period to 19.4 billion. The company said that the strong results for the first three quarters of the year was driven mainly by higher volumes from both domestic and international operations and a more positive business environment. SMB's domestic beer volumes expanded by 4.3%, while international sales rose by almost 9% due to the stronger performance of its export businesses in Hong Kong and South China markets. C-led SM Investments, or SM, recorded a 30% rise in its nine-month net income to 55.9 billion on the back of a 15% climb in consolidated revenues to 440 billion pesos. SM President and CEO Frederick de Buncha said, that the company's ongoing healthy growth reflects resilient consumer activity in malls and sustained spending in discretionary retail categories. Among business segments, its banking unit BDO accounted for the largest share of earnings at 47%, followed by its property unit SM Prime at 26%. SM Prime Holdings, on the other hand, book a 37% yearly increase in its consolidated net income for the first nine months of the year to $30.1 billion, led by higher revenues from its mall and residential businesses. Revenues for the period reached $92.6 billion, higher by 26% year-on-year. SM Prime said that its small business 
which takes up over half of its revenues, posted a 37% rise in revenue to 52.5 billion pesos in the first three quarters of the year. Its primary residential business, on the other hand, led by SMDC, posted a 10% increase for the period to 28.7 billion. President Jeffrey Lim said that their strategic operations over the past months provided the company with the remarkable results, which they expect to lead them to a stronger full-year performance. Listed Gokongwei Food and Beverage Manufacturer Universal Robina or URC disclosed that net income for the first nine months grew by 6% year-on-year to 10.3 billion pesos, as sales reached 117.6 billion, higher by 6% year-on-year. President Erwin Lee noted that despite consumers absorbing higher food and fuel prices from elevated inflation, the company maintained its sales momentum, providing products and brands that people love. He added that URC's efforts to improve profitability will support their investments in brand building and supply chain strength to further drive growth. And this is your market calendar for next week. On Monday, November 13, we have India's inflation rate for October. On Tuesday, November 14, we have dividend X dates for Liberty Flower Mills Common Shares, Republic Glass Holdings Common Shares, the UK's unemployment rate for September, and the US inflation rate for October. On Wednesday, November 15, we have a dividend X dates for Ayala Corp's preferred A shares and preferred B Series 2 shares. We also have the release of China and the U.S. retail sales for October, the U.K.'s inflation rate for October, and Japan's GDP for the third quarter. We also have the release of the Philippine cash remittances data for September. On Thursday, November 16, we have dividend X dates for Asian Corp's preferred Series A and Series B shares, Figaro Coffee Group's common shares, and Globe Telecom's common shares and voting preferred shares. We also have the release of Japan's balance of trade for October and the Philippine BSP interest rate decision. Lastly, on Friday, November 17, we have a dividend X date for MREIT common shares and the release of the United Kingdom's retail sales for October. That's a wrap for today's episode. For more insights and trading ideas, log on to your BPI Trade accounts or open an account today at bpitrade.com.